Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for your week daily look at the NBA and your Charlotte Hornets. It's time for the Hive O'Clock Alarm. Oh, that sounds amazing. And we're back, David. How are you doing? Hive O'Clock Alarm. I had to take a sick day. I'm sorry, I, I, checked, uh, I checked our benefits package and I'm allowed one sick day on the Hive O'Clock Alarm. All right, you got to make it up on Sunday morning, though. There you go. I like that. Uh, the Hornets get a win, and we can finally talk about it. Win over the Brooklyn Nets, 105-100. The Nets did not make it easy. I don't think any team's going to make it easy for the Hornets down the stretch. Maybe the Sixers. They've got a couple of games left against the Sixers. Um, Sixers. Yeah, but the the Hornets get the victory, and I guess we should start by talking about the guy who got his first NBA start, Frank Kaminsky, who was playing in place of Marvin Williams, who missed his first game of the season with a sprained ankle. First, let's talk about Frank. What did you think of his first start? I've been pleasantly surprised by Frank from most of the season, but it's been hard to point to the score, you know, the scorebook. The box score, if you will. The scorebook. Uh, you know, the scorebook. <laughs> Is that what they're calling the it these days? Keep, the stat book, you know. <laughs> uh, it's been hard to point to it and say, hey, 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 look at this. Frank's played a good game. I just thought he's been aggressive, more aggressive, you know, post-All-Star break. Hit a little bit of the of a wall there. But I've been pleased with him uh, thus far, especially with all the talk of, you know, the Godfather, yada, yada, yada. We don't ever need to discuss that again, but... You know, I thought this was a, a good game and a step in the right direction. 14 points, seven rebounds, uh, five of 11 from the field is, is okay. Two blocks. So, I mean, I'm pleased with his progression. I don't know about about you, Doug, but um, I thought it was a step in the right direction. Well, absolutely. I mean, you wanted, if nothing else, for him to come out in his first start and, and be aggressive, you know, and and mm-hmm. not feel like the moment – that's the worry with a rookie always is that the moment – is going to start to feel too big for them. But he was confident. He was aggressive. He was uh, shooting the ball without abandon. He was going to the to the hoop. And then Brooklyn tried to put Bogdanovich on him, and Frank exposed that matchup and, and got the ball and, and showed off a couple of almost Al Jeffersonian uh, post moves that looked really good. About a, but but about a Thunderdog. Yeah, and then, I mean, you know, he's throwing it down. Frank has been strong the past couple of games. I've liked his – that's one sort of criticism I think that fans had of him early on is that when he would take it to the rim, yeah, he would would softly – and, you know, that's, I think, a product of the strength that he still needs to work on in in this coming offseason. But I like the aggression, and uh, I also like what he said at halftime, which was that he wanted to come into this game and give – the Hornets, what they were missing with having Marvin Williams be out of this game. So he was trying to replace what Marvin Williams did. And I think that, excuse me, that's a great attitude to have. And he added two blocks 
as well. And that's not, that's not something we're accustomed to seeing Frank do. But I think he went into this w- with the mentality of, I have to not only play my game, but also take it to another level because I'm replacing a guy in Marvin Williams who has been essential to this Hornets roster. And so great mindset, great play. You have to give him an A+. plus. Yeah, and we talked about Marvin, and the, the big thing we were looking for was someone to replace that rebounding and defense, but rebounding, you know, on the uh, as far as stats go. And, and Frank was the leading rebounder on the team with those seven rebounds, uh, one more than Cody and, you know, a couple more than Spencer Hawes. Hello, Spencer Hawes. So uh, that was good to see. Two for five from three as well. I just think the, the more comfortable he gets when he does maybe add a little bit more, uh, a little bit of weight, that's just going to help. But that's the biggest thing to me, Doug, is what you said is the confidence and the the aggressiveness from a rookie, especially going into the playoffs. It could be a real boost for this team to have another guy they can count on. And he wasn't the only one that played well in this game. Uh, Nick Batum, 23 points, two rebounds, Oof. two assists, uh, four of nine. Some daggers. From beyond the arc. And, yeah, I mean, just uh, game after game now, Nick Batum has come in and hit tough shots. The One of the key plays in this game, obviously, the four-point play late into the game mm. that really helped to seal the deal for the Hornets. And you need those kind of plays. Jeremy Lin continuing his hot play, 22, 22 points, or excuse me, 21 points, uh, 8 of 12 from the field, uh, 4 assists, 2 rebounds. And over the past three games, he's averaging 22 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists in 28-plus minutes. And he's shooting 62.5% from the field and 87.5% from beyond the arc the past three Mm. games. I mean, Lynn has really turned it on at the exact right time because Kemba Walker is struggling uh, these past few games. and, And that's what you need. Uh, uh, Rick Bunnell for the Charlotte Observer said this: these are the kind of games that playoff teams win. And I think it comes down to having a team of guys where if a couple of guys fall off, which which always happens, you have other guys that can step up and know, can sense when that's starting to happen and when they need to take over, and they're doing that. And two guys, Nick Batum, Jeremy Lin, have answered the call. Yeah, and you're starting to see a little bit of that killer instinct from Nick, you know, I mean, so some of the looks after mm-hmm. these daggers he's throwing are, 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 are exciting for Hornets fans. And, and that little four point play, he's becoming something of a savant to take that, you know, he's always been good in that move coming off the, the top of the screen there and rolling and going right into a shot. But if he feels any contact at all, he, he's really good about absorbing that, at least making it look like there's enough contact for a call and then following through on that shot. That's, that's that's a real skill, but I think you're seeing that look, that killer instinct that we weren't quite sure if we'd see, um, you know, coming over from Portland, just given the new role and stuff. But we had seen in the past when he was out there, he had had big games. He had been the focal point every once in a while out there. If that's something he's going to be moving forward, I mean, all this talk of max contracts, uh, you know, what else can go away? Because if it's not the Hornets, I think someone is going to give him that max money. Hopefully it is the Hornets. But, you know, his play right now, and if he can carry that into the playoffs, is going to be a big boost for him going into the offseason. It's stellar. He has a <clears> – <throat> excuse me. He has another 20-point game, and that's uh, – he. if you look at the 20-point game totals for this season, it's four times as many as he had last season with Portland. So the big question yeah. with Nick Batum coming over to the Hornets was could he 
take this new role as a you know a prime primary scoring option would he take advantage of that and I think I don't think the jury's out anymore I think they've come back and the decision is um that uh OJ is innocent and that Nick Batum is a primary scorer (laughs) I had to get I had to get a people versus OJ comment in there I'm I'm deep you're I know I love it I know well look we had also wondered what would happen when Kemba didn't give you 30 and like you said he's struggling just a little bit but when you see other guys step up, you know, one night it's Lynn, it's been Batum a lot. Um, you know, Marvin stepped in there as well. Al, um, we talked a little bit about, so. Oh man, Al, how about Al up. and, um, and Brooke Lopez mm. with a little sort of 1980s, early nineties <laughs> post game brawl. That was fun. A little back to the basket. Yeah. Duel. Uh, yeah. Kimba in his last five, uh, 14, points five rebounds four assists and he's uh shooting 32.5 percent uh and 27 percent from beyond the arc so he's definitely in a little bit of a funk uh but if you you know if you take but he was so hot at the beginning of march like it's starting to equal out a little bit you know yeah and also the thing is he'll have one or two plays or one or two stretches where he still impacts the game in a major way yes you know i think there was a drive so you're seeing that from even when he's struggling to shoot even when he's deferring maybe a little bit to guys, he's still having that burst of energy or speed at the right time to make a key play. And I think that's the sign of a impactful, you know, star to be player as well. Certainly the leader of a team. I mean, he hasn't been hanging his head at all. Um, and you know, it's frustrating after having the month that he had to go four or 14, but he's still in the game, still staying aggressive and creating opportunities for himself and other guys. And when those easy opportunities present themselves present present themselves for him, he's taking advantage. So that's a good sign, even though he's struggling because he's not going to shoot four for 14 every night. I agree with that, but the three point shot has got to start falling again. If the Hornets are going to make waves in the play, I mean, they need Kimball Walker and Batum playing at the height of their game. Plus somebody off the bench contributing heavily. And per, perhaps Marvin playing well too. I mean, those are the those are the ingredients to playoff success. So Kimball Walker, the team is fortunate that Jeremy Lin is playing very well, but Kimball Walker sure. is going to have to step it back up. I think. Uh, also, one yeah, more I note. Mean, one more note yeah, on. That, go ahead. No, sorry. You're right. I mean, that's going to be the key. Uh, but I think Benell's right as well. Uh, these are games that you, you know playoff teams win. And that can go as well for when their stars, you know, don't play well. So it's good to see. But obviously you're going to need big nights from Kemba and your main guys to make noise in the playoffs. You're right. I just wanted to give one more note on Nick Batum. He's reducing, I think, the silly turnovers the past few games. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really keyed some of his success. He he has three turnovers, averaging three turnovers on the season. The last 10, that's down to 2.3. So – and you're you're always with a guy like him who distributes the ball so much. You're going to have turnover issues, and and we saw that against uh, Denver. I think uh, it was it was definitely an issue, and and the Spurs game too. I thought he threw a couple. You know, trying to make a play against good defensive teams. You know, sometimes you can overdo it. Sometimes you can see something that maybe would be there against a team that doesn't play heads up defense. And you just have to recognize that and be more careful. I, but over the over the last ten games, I, I think he's reduced that just sort of lazy, weird turnover that we've come to be accustomed to with 
with Nick Batum, and, and the numbers bear that out. Uh, another key play we haven't talked about yet is uh, from Jeremy Lamb, who is, again, trying to prove that he can be a contributor not only on the offensive end but on the defensive end as well. And uh, he had a key play down the stretch blocking Sean Kilpatrick, who we talked about in the in the pregame. You know, Kilpatrick is is a guy that uh, is really got the Nets got him from the D League, and he is showing out. And he did so against the Hornets. And no matter who they threw on him, uh, they tried Courtney Lee early on, and then switched Batum on him. But Kilpatrick scores a career high twenty five points for the Nets, and he really twenty seven minutes. Yeah, insane. I mean, he was. And after the game, Tony Brown uh, told reporters that if you don't play as hard as Sean Kilpatrick, you're going to get benched. So that was the message to the rest of the team is play like Sean Kilpatrick. But he was hitting everything, and he was he was getting into transition, and he really keyed the run in, in the fourth quarter. Uh, and really, they had two runs, one in the third, one in the fourth, both keyed by Sean Kilpatrick's play. And Lamb got the block on Kilpatrick that really stopped the bleeding for the Hornets and then got into transition. The ball found Lamb again, and he hit a big three in transition, and that really helped the Hornets kind of get things back on track and set up Nick Batum to to win that game, essentially. So, you know, again, just guys stepping up, being motivated, and understanding that you have to play hard for 48 minutes to win in the NBA, and we're seeing that from the Hornets. Yeah, absolutely. It was easily, I don't know if it's a trap game per se, because all of these games are so important. But they're going through a little road stretch here. Detroit Friday night, the Bucks Saturday night, uh, both on the road at back to back. So, you know, you're seeing what happened last night in the standings. I think you got some scores, Doug, but, you know, this thing's going down to the wire. There's not a lot of room for error. You'd like to get some help, but you got to get all the wins you can. Yeah, so the three teams that the Hornets are competing with for seeding right now Miami loses to San Antonio. Hey, thanks, Spurs. 112 88. Let's see, we've got uh, Toronto and Boston playing one another. Boston gets that win, 91-79. I want to talk more about Boston when we have a chance because they're they're just playing really exceptional basketball. And I think, Mm. here's a big teaser. Maybe I'll talk about this tonight on Hive Talk Live Thursdays brought to you by ESPN 730. The the way the Boston team is constructed reminds me a lot of what Rich Cho has done in, in constructing this Hornets team. I think there are a lot of similarities, and it may be why the Hornets struggle when they play Boston or have struggled this season. We should examine that more, I think. And then Atlanta gets the victory over Washington, uh, 122-101. So if we look at the standings, the Hawks sit in third, uh, the third seed, 42-30. and 30. The Celtics tied with them at 42-30. and 30. The Heat dropped down to the fifth seed, 41-30, and 30, tied with the Hornets, 41-30, and 30, who sit in the sixth seed. So again, the Hornets have to get those, to rack up those divisional victories they sit at seven because that's the next tiebreaker for the Hornets and Heat. Yeah. The the Hornets sit at seven and seven in the division. The Heat at eight and five. So they still need help. They still need some divisional opponents to beat the Heat. So it'll be an interesting. The math is going to be the math not might not be in favor of the Hornets as we come down into the stretch run. Uh, but I, I think the Hornets they could still I think they could still if they continue this run they've got some favorable matchups ahead. I think they could still possibly slide into that fifth seed, maybe even the fourth seed. Well, that's what I was going to say, Doug. Our friends at the starters were highlighting this a little bit last night. There's basically four teams for two home court 
spots. So the Raptors and the Cavs, you think, have those top two spots sewn up. The three and the four, which we give you home court, uh, the Hawks, the Celtics, the Heat, and the Hornets are all kind of vying for those. Now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, Doug, they, they, the Celtics own the tiebreaker, the Heat and Hornets split. Is that right? The Heat and the Hornets split. So the next would be division Hawks, victories, yeah. And, and they, the Hawks own the tiebreaker. They own the tiebreaker, yeah. So the Hornets, again, uh, the math they, is not in the Hornets' favor. Yeah, because they really got to beat out – like I said, it's it's four teams for two spots. So yeah, they got to make some work on their own. Really can't come down to the tiebreakers, or they're going to be they're going to be in a little bit of trouble from that standpoint. Absolutely. Okay. So Hive Talk Live Thursday tonight, a full hour of Hornets talk with uh, myself and Justin Thomas from ESPN Seven Thirty. We'll be talking to Dustin Pfeiffer, who covers the Hornets um, very closely. So it should be a good chat. We're going to talk about this uh, Woj article on uh, Michael Jordan. And and his, uh, I think he's getting a little bit of a, a more favorable look as an owner, wouldn't you say, David? Bit of a bit of a hat tip, bit of a. How do you yeah. do? Uh, it's a bit of a <laughs> Hello, sir. It's a good. Well done. It's, it's a good article. It's a good article. I look forward to hearing you guys breaking it down. We'll talk about that, and we'll talk about uh, this Detroit game coming up. We'll preview that as well. So uh, make sure to tune in six o'clock p.m. HiveTalkLive.com. Follow us on Twitter at Hive Talk Live, and subscribe to us on iTunes to get these Hive O'Clock alarms downloaded directly to your phone every morning. Thanks for listening. Until then, all hail the teal and purple. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.